The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Engaging conversation with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Breaking news with Eileen Bell and sports with Morley Scott. This is the Afternoon News on 630 Chad, Edmonton's breaking news and conversation station. It's 3.09 on a Monday afternoon. Brenton Dreger covering for Andrew and Jay Lynn this week. Well, they're off having a great time with listeners in Mexico. So having a lot of fun down there in the sun. Uh, good to be with you once again. Now, you don't have to look very far these days to find a, a news article or headline that talks about our rising debt level. Uh, not just in Canada, but in particular uh, in Alberta. Now, if uh, memory serves correctly, Canadians have some of the highest uh, household debt in the world, and uh, Albertans lead the nation. So we have that uh, distinguishing characteristic about us. And uh, just recently came across uh, some articles about a survey from MNP that says four in ten Albertans say that if interest rates go up much more, they're afraid they will be in financial trouble. And yes, interest rates are rising. They just kicked up another quarter of a percent last week. Joining us in studio to talk a bit about uh, this and how you uh, how you manage that, uh, we're joined by two licensed insolvency trustees, uh, Barton Goth from Goth & Company and Zaki Alam with MNP. Thanks for uh, coming in today, guys. Our Thank pleasure. You. Maybe first of all, we can just get to know you a little bit and find out uh, you know who you are and uh, what you do. So Bart, why don't we start with you, find out, you know, tell us a bit about yourself and your business. Well, I'm a licensed insolvency trustee, obviously. That's my professional title. And on a regular basis, we spend most of our time meeting with individuals that are struggling with debt. I've been involved in this for, oh, 25 odd years now. And, and you see the same stories over and over again, people falling to the same traps. And those traps seem to be getting worse lately. There seems to be more of it. The interest is starting to return to normal levels, and and it's been very busy out there for people in our line of work. Hmm. Zaki, what about you? I'm also a licensed insolvency trustee, and I've been um, doing this for over 20 years, and for about another 15 years before, uh, I was a chartered accountant as well. Um, so... I've been here in Edmonton now since 2004 and I've seen the fluctuations over the years where times have been good and uh, the oil patch has been good and then obviously back in 2009-10 and also in the past three, four years uh, with the drop in the oil price, the changes, the effect on individuals and families and uh, trying to just help people getting back on track with their financial debt load. Now, I, I'm... I'm going to make a bit of an assumption that if you haven't had to sit down with a licensed insolvency trustee, if the word bankruptcy hasn't really been in your vocabulary or in your family, you probably don't know much about the people involved or the process. Maybe, Barton, you can walk us through a bit of uh, what you do for people. All right. Well, everything starts when they're in trouble. Uh, There's not enough money to go around, and that prompts a phone call to our office. So that first phone call, obviously, is very stress-ridden. Finances creates more stress in our lives than just about anything else. And where we start is we we bring that person in, and we sit down, and we talk about where things are at. And we largely look at the numbers. As much as they've got a lot of different things that are impacting it, we have to step back and digest whether or not 
not they can make it through in the existing format or whether things need to be changed. So bankruptcy is one of the options that we'll walk them through. We'll talk about the process and the duties that they will have and the result that will happen. Um, more and more these, these last probably five, six years, people have been looking towards other options as opposed to just bankruptcy. So we see things like consumer proposals, which are really just ways to restructure your debt on a personal level so you can pay a portion of the money over time and a portion that fits into your budget. And as long as the creditors cooperate with that, which they typically do, it allows you to both avoid a bankruptcy, but also bring that debt down to something that now is not creating the same level of stress. So basically that's a a formalized document or plan saying, hey, hey, I can't pay you all back right now. I can't pay my credit cards and my car loan. But if we, how about we try this approach and I'll pay you back eventually? That's right. Basically, a consumer proposes an alternative to the bankruptcy as a means to avoiding the bankruptcy. So what we would do initially is when we see the individuals or the families, we would say, okay, based on your current income, your family size, your debt load, the type of debt you have, uh, and your budgeting, we will say, okay, what would be the expected rate of return on a potential dividend to the creditors under a bankruptcy? Mm. Then what we do is, okay, let's take a look at your cash flow, see what you can afford, and let's put that into the numbers, maybe over a bit longer period of time than a bankruptcy, maybe up to five years, and see what the potential dividend would be to the creditors under a consumer proposal. And usually it always has to be better than a bankruptcy. But if your creditors accept it, and basically it's a simple voting process, uh, which is $1 equals one vote, if the creditors accept it, then everybody is bound by it. And then it becomes codified and um, people cannot change their mind afterwards in terms of, okay, the credit comes back and asks for more money. It's a fixed deal. And then that way, then they just do those monthly payments. The payments do not change over time. And at the end of it, um, if everything's been done properly, then the trustee is able to sign off on the certificate of full performance, which is basically your, the balance of your debts are absolved. Okay. So that's a process. Unlike a bankruptcy where there's lots of paperwork, they have to send in monthly income and expense budgets, tax information, they have to account for everything. For people in business, they cannot be a director of a corporation in a bankruptcy. Um, if they get windfalls like inheritance. In the past uh, three years, I've had two people who have won the lottery. One was a million, one was a 50 million. And really? Yep. <laughs> people who are filing for bankruptcy or consumer yeah, protection. And they get it during the time, yes, obviously. <laughs> oh. But that has to be accounted under a bankruptcy. Is that incredibly lucky or unlucky? Incredibly lucky. You obviously got more <laughs> chance of being struck by lightning for a 50 million. But I did have one guy who did it. Oh, no. So, yeah, but uh, he's very happy, obviously. But he learned through the budgeting process. Hopefully, he doesn't go back in the situation. Now, this is this is good advertising yeah. for Zachy Alam's MNP oh, yeah. because, because now people are going to come to you with their lottery numbers, aren't they? I need they? one more. Uh, three, three <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, now, I think a lot of people have an idea of what bankruptcy is, but maybe we have some misconceptions. Can you maybe walk us through what bankruptcy actually is? All right. Bankruptcy is a mechanism that will allow you to, to put the debt behind you and get some relief from the stress that you're under currently. So there's a, a standard process where you have specific duties that are predictable and they're, they're finite. There's an end to those duties. You're not in bankruptcy forever. Often in a 9 to 21 month period of time, after you've completed those duties, your debts are released and you're able to start rebuilding it and you're fresh financially. So when you go bankrupt, do you lose everything? No, you do not. Uh, 
there are certain provincial and federal statutes that create what we call exemptions. This is really just property that's protected when you file a bankruptcy. So in Alberta, a good example of one of our more common exemptions is you're allowed to have up to $40,000 equity in a principal residence. Oh. So you don't automatically lose your home. In fact, most of the people I see that file bankruptcy are able to keep their home, and the filing of the bankruptcy actually makes it easier for them to pay their existing mortgage because they don't have to worry about the visas and the MasterCards that were causing them real problems before. Hmm. One of the worst things I do see is people who have cashed in exempt assets where they do not need to. One of the most common ones I see, which is always sad to me, is people have cashed in all their RRSPs. In Alberta, all your RRSPs are fully exempt. Really? So no one can take it away from you, not even your creditors. But sometimes when people are struggling, they're trying to pay the bills, uh, trying to catch up with the monthly payments people have the temptation to uh, cash in on their RSPs, but that's a twofold. They're losing their future retirement fund. And number two, they're going to have tax implications for cashing in that RSP. So one of the things we always tell people is before you do that, talk to a licensed insolvency trustee and go through those because things like RRSPs, RESPs, uh, most of the retirement funds, they're all fully exempt. A vehicle up to $5,000 of equity, um, there's a few others as well uh, for farming as well. Most of farming um, if, um, assets are all exempt. Mm. I was going to say, before you do that, call Zaki and buy a lottery ticket. No, <laughs> just, just just kidding. That's a joke. We don't mean that. Don't actually do that. Uh, now, it, with these exemptions in Alberta uh, that you can keep some equity in your home and not have to get rid of your RRSPs, some people are going to be wondering, well, maybe isn't bankruptcy too easy then? Like, are we letting these people off the hook? What, what do you guys, is, is bankruptcy too easy? Is it too hard? How do you how do you weigh that? Well, there's a fine line between easy and hard, obviously. Huh. There's got to be some duties, there's got to be some restrictions, there's got to be some impact on credit, and those things do exist. But we also live in a country where you're allowed to make mistakes, and you're allowed to have mechanisms that allow you to, to rebuild after those mistakes. And I see a lot of good people who haven't made one or two bad decisions, but, you know, Life has just given them a a monkey wrench here or there, and they need some mechanism to start over. And that's really the intent behind it. So yes, you do have an impact on your credit. Yes, you do have some duties that are are really focused on rehabilitation, like keeping track of your income and your expenses throughout the bankruptcy itself. They've got things in place that are designed to help you get a better handle on what's happening so that when these these amounts, these debts are behind you, you're not going to have these types of repeat problems in the future. It's 319. We take, need to take a break. We are chatting with uh, Barton Goff and Zaki Alam, licensed insolvency trustees. When we want to come back, uh, I want to find out a bit from you what your typical client uh, might be if there is such a thing. So we'll pick up that conversation in a moment here on 630 Chet. On the 6.30 Ched Afternoon News, chatting with licensed insolvency trustees, uh, Bart Goff and Zaki Alam. Uh, just this question kind of hit me as I was announcing your job title, but when you, you know, you meet people at parties and stuff and you, oh, what do you do? I'm a licensed insolvency trustee. What's the, like, what's the look on people's faces that you get? The first thing they usually say is, oh, that's got to be depressing. <laughs> it's right up there with accountant or something? Like, is, do people think it's a boring job? Um, I don't know about that. It's the funny thing is I was, uh, I bumped into my doctor actually at a party okay. and, and we were chatting for about five minutes and then he said, actually, I, I got to go now. 
subscribe because in case anyone thinks I'm talking to you about financial advice, <laughs> you run off. <laughs> We're just friends. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, no. you, you got to be careful when you're standing in the Costco line or somewhere else who you talk to and who you say hi to because uh, there's those implications. That's <laughs> right. Bef- now, before the break, uh, we talked about this. I wanted to get your take on it. Um, uh, someone who comes in and they're you know they're having money trouble and they're looking at bankruptcy or consumer uh, protection or whatever um is there a typical client is it you know is it young people who spend too much is it an entrepreneur whose business has flopped is it retirees who've lost their nest egg on the markets what what is a typical client if there is such a thing well, I think the answer is yes to all of those. All of the above. Yeah, it's every walk of life, from doctors to dentists to lawyers to labor, you name it. I have. There's not a situation that hasn't walked through the door. Hmm. And the same for you, Zaki? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, it's uh, basically debt. Anyone can be tempted to get too much debt, or they cannot, I mean, no one has a crystal ball, so you can't foresee some extra circumstances. One of the biggest causes of insolvency is um, separation, relationship separation. So when you have two incomes coming in and uh, you have a whole bunch of debt, uh, and you're managing it because you've got two incomes, but once there's a separation and then people will squabble over who who pays which debt and then maybe one reneges on their agreement, then you have uh, issues because they're going to go several months behind and then the phone calls will start. Hmm. Well, and even further to that, you've got two households you're supporting off of what was being used to support one household, so just that alone puts an immediate stress on them. Do you run into people who are uh, chronic chronic clients? There's a few of them. There's a few. Um, The courts don't really like it. If we do a bankruptcy, sometimes we have to go to court if they're typically, say, a third-time filer. Uh But these days, a lot of people do the consumer proposal, so there's no court involvement in that. Uh, But it's not that much. Um, I think a few years ago, I did read somewhere that Alberta is one of the uh, prime uh, places where people do three insolvencies or more. Although the way that it works right now for the courts is if you're in your third bankruptcy, it's very difficult to finish and get out of bankruptcy. The courts really are strict on on what they expect and, and want to impress upon people that this isn't something that should be done every five years. Hmm. What kind of trends do you see emerging uh, right now? And I guess I'm kind of wondering if you see your business... Um, if you had to graph it out, would it be closely tied to the, you know, the GDP of the province or, or the unemployment reports? What, what kind of trends do you see right now? I mean, our economy has kind of had a tough few years, but we're, by all accounts, starting to come out of it a little bit. Do you see that reflected in the trends, that the types, type of people that walk through your door or, or the phone that rings on your desk? Yes, to a certain extent, but they're usually a 12- to 18-month lag from oh. the time you see it because it takes time for it to process through when it hits the individual's paycheck um, or if there's a cutback like what happened in the past few years of overtime especially with some of the old patch workers where uh, the overtime has disappeared some of the bonuses have disappeared the subsistence allowance has disappeared so they're working on less money there's been a realignment where the 
income of uh, a lot of the oil patch workers have gone down by at least 30%. So people have to adjust to the new reality of the budgeting. Um, but yeah, we do see a trend, but it's a lagging trend. Um, in the past uh, three years, obviously, it's been tough for everybody. And uh, we've seen basically a leveling out um, in terms of the number of filings. Um, but whether it's going to go down seriously in the next um, 12 months, it's pretty hard to tell, especially where you see at the moment interest rates going up and there's going to be a compounding of yeah. that in the next uh, couple of years, probably. Um, so it's a double-edged sword. I mean, the economy starts to get good inflation starts to rise and then the interest rates start to go up. Although what people often forget is when the economy is going well, banks are more willing to lend, so people tend to get further and further into the hole each month. Uh, they make decisions that may not be decisions that long-term are sustainable. Perhaps they buy an extra quad just because it's on sale. Perhaps they finance that over 72 months. And so even when things do turn around, there tends to be a fairly high level of difficulties that they're still dealing with. I don't know if you get asked this often until it's uh, too late, and maybe we have some captive ears right now, but you're a licensed insolvency trustee. Usually when you're talking to people, they're at their wit's end and they're in too deep. If you could give somebody that ounce of prevention advice before they needed your pound of cure, uh, what would you tell people? What I always tell anybody I see is take a look at your budget take a look at your income, your expenses every six months, because that way you can see any trend, or if there's a big changes in your circumstances, if your overtime's been cut back, or you've changed jobs, you have to look at your monthly budgeting. From your monthly budgeting, you've got to sort out what's fixed payments, payments you can't change, and then what's variable, things like going out to restaurants, or, or food, or something like that, which changes with um, depending on your abilities to spend. And also then the third bit is your financing costs. What are your secured debts, your credit card debts, your line of credit? And what are your secured debts, your vehicle payments? And that way you'll have a rough idea where the money is going. And from that, if you have, say, too much interest being paid, then obviously work in paying the principal on those high interest uh, uh, debts as well. Hmm. So that's one thing uh, which we always tell people. If there's any excess, that's great. I always tell people to start a rainy day fund. Put some money away every month automatically from your bank account to a savings account where you don't even notice the money. Every time you have a paycheck, maybe 200 bucks um, a month, then it'll, it'll be uh, 2400 over a year. So just always put some extra money towards an emergency fund. The unfortunate thing is that's a bit of a lost art, though, Zachy. No, mm. uh, very few people do that. I mean, your study yourself, it, it uncovered how few people have that rainy day fund, how close yep. they are to the edge, and given one hiccup in a paycheck, uh, the problems that would ensue. Or I think it was a couple hundred bucks, and yeah, then all of a sudden right. the whole house of cards comes tumbling down. Mm. All right, we got to run off to the news. Zachy, uh, Barton, thanks a lot for coming in. Thank you very much. Thanks for having us. The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad.